what's going on guys what's up everyone welcome back to the podcast welcome welcome this is two weeks in a row now that we're doing the podcast we're gonna try to make it a weekly thing try to do it every thursday um mm-hmm. so far we're two for two yeah if we keep saying it it'll keep happening right yeah. <laughs> if we keep manifesting it'll it'll keep it'll keep happening bro you know it hell yeah um so how's your week been steven pretty good honestly um i was honestly pretty happy to get started with this again because i feel like the more we do it the smoother it's gonna go and totally. like we're just gonna go up from here so yeah. yeah i'm pretty excited but my week overall was uh was pretty good just uh pretty busy with work honestly um yeah nothing special just uh at the gym most of the day bro what about you um been pretty good actually this whole week i've kind of been focusing on my diet and Mm -hmm. getting everything kind of straight with that and trying to figure out like because i'm trying to transition into a different diet i'm trying to transition into either a vegetarian or vegan diet Mm -hmm. um but i think when i started doing it last time i didn't really have like the preparation for it that i think is needed to Mm -hmm. kind of be consistent with it Mm -hmm. um so this week i've kind of just been like learning about stuff figure out like what are like kind of like the the go-to foods that i'm gonna be eating um like the things that i'm gonna have to buy like on a weekly basis yeah at the grocery store and then just kind of figure out like like how to make meals with it because i like not only am i not like on a specific diet but i also don't cook ever yeah um my girlfriend uh is the one who cooks most of the time and also like my parents cook and i'm never the one to cook ever i'm usually the one that just eats (laughs) she's what they give you yeah that this that whole this whole week has been trying to kind of get that all figured out and learn more steps to getting more solidified with this diet so i feel more comfortable with it cool are you trying to be like vegetarian first or what are you thinking you know, I'm not really trying to put, like, a specific label on it. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I'm vegetarian or I'm vegan. But I know that when I eat meat or I, I consistently eat meat, um, I don't feel as good. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is for mental clarity. Yeah. Like, I think the reason, like, I'm kind of going into this whole diet thing is just to have more mental clarity. And I'm just kind of trying to figure out, like, what foods kind of work best with that. Yeah. Um. But so far, meat hasn't really been that for me. So I'm trying to cut out meat right now, see how I like it, mm-hmm. and then see if I this is something I'd want to stick with. But yeah, vegetarian or vegan, I guess you could call it. Yeah, it's good to test out because, uh, you know, I've been plant-based for uh, four around four years now. And it's been going really good. But every now and then, I'd have, like, some slight kind of, like, uh, discomfort with my... Um, Mostly, I would say energy levels or uh, like just feeling discomfort, like um, kind of like bloating. And I found one thing is uh, there is different food sensitivity tests that you can take that I feel are really good because when people recommend a diet and say like, for example, blueberries are really good to eat, you should eat them. Uh, I mean, that's true. They are really good. They have a lot of vitamins, minerals. But what if that food happens to not go well with you? That's so it. Yeah. Um, basically, what I've been noticing is that so far, I've eaten, 
really healthy foods the past couple of days. Like, oh, dude, last night I made the best dinner I think I've had in a long time. Yeah, what was um, it? I had red quinoa with uh, sweet potatoes, okay. corn, black beans, and like a cilantro and um, yogurt like sauce that mm-hmm. my girlfriend made and like the, hey, nice, dude. in the ninja mixer and dude it was so good oh also extra hot valentina that yeah. was also in that sauce nice touch a nice little spice <laughs> and um i it, dude, i felt so good like right after i ate it but then like 30 minutes later i felt kind of like uh i would say like acid reflux mm-hmm. kind of felt like i was feeling well, i don't even explain it like like it, a burning or? it was like kind of like a burn but it was more just like really on like discomfort yeah. in like my chest area yeah yeah um i don't know what that was from but you said that gluten or not gluten that sensitivity test i've actually been meaning to get one of those to kind of figure out like what is is specifically that that could is, cause it yeah like, like with yeah. that maybe i mean this is just a guess but maybe the dairy and the yogurt could be it but i mean it could literally be anything because um yeah if you don't react well to it it's like anything can be a, a something that causes you discomfort like uh for me for a while i was eating a ton of almond butter to try to gain weight in my like i would put like four or five tablespoons in my smoothies and when i got the test i realized like the highest reactive food for me is almonds really yeah so i was like okay so Imagine. literally the worst <laughs> thing i'm eating a ton of so that could be you too it's it's just good information to have I think. how does um how do those tests work uh they have different ones like somewhere uh like you get kind of a a testing kit and you send back i forgot if it was saliva or a blood sample and then they they yeah they pretty much test it <clears throat> in their labs and send you the results in i don't know like a week mm, nice so it's worth it dude I yeah think it's I, good i so need to do one of those because i feel like if i just knew um like what specifically like worked with me better Mm -hmm. i could like kind of have a better structure for it um yeah definitely because i already figured out like my spiritual like body type when it comes to like my energetic field with that Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of like your your dasha no um so your dasha type is basically like it kind of works with how how your build is um and there's three types let me tell you what they are but where's that from dasha dasha is it is it's just uh i don't really know where it's from it's, oh you medicine? yeah um but basically what it is is it basically based on your build and what your what you look like or your physical structure mm-hmm. um it kind of determines like what is good for your um physical body um hmm. i'm a vada dasha which is basically i'm like i'm super skinny i'm super lengthy and my energetic type is like air um there's there's i think it's pitta which is like kind of just normal structured people mm-hmm. i would say kind of like the average like i would assume just based on your build that's what you would be pitta. and then there's cap kapha which is boys. Yeah, which is it's just the kind of just the people who are usually on the thicker side um regardless thick, of anything thick. thick boys 
Um, okay. But yeah, and then they kind of have, like, it kind of gives you, like, a, there's, like, things where you can, like, explain, like, what you should be eating versus what you shouldn't be eating. Okay. That things that sit well with you and things that don't sit well with you. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been testing it out, and um, I can't tell you 100% if it's concrete, but it seems like the more I follow it, the the better I feel. Really? Especially mentally. Okay. I feel like on a mental and spiritual level, I have more development with it when I'm following um, it on a stricter basis. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look more into it. I don't think I've ever heard of that. It's, yeah, my, uh, my, like, spiritual, like, holistic teacher was explaining it to me when I was, like, asking him, like, how, like, how grounding works and, like, how, like, what kind of diet would be good for grounding. And he was kind of explaining to me how if you kind of follow this diet, it kind of works well with your energetic system. So there's less resistance Hmm. Okay. on, like, a spiritual level. Hmm. So, yeah, it's been super interesting. And ever since I kind of got into it, I've felt a lot better, a lot a lot more mental clarity. I feel a little bit, like, sharper when I follow it more. Oh, yeah? Kind of like I connect A to B faster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, less yeah. brain fog and stuff like that. Dude, yeah. I think that's, like, the major thing with, like, diet that yeah. affects me is I think that I don't really – I mean, I'm not one of those people who's super into – like my physical stature like i don't like i obviously i mean i don't want to be like super unfit but Mm -hmm. i'm not obsessed with like how i look yeah Um, i'm gonna muscle and stuff yeah like i'm not obsessed with like how much muscle i i I have but it's more about like how does my body feel and how's my brain feel yeah i mean Um, it's more important than anything yeah yeah so it's been been pretty good honestly that's good, yeah. There, there's just so many different, like, charts and different types of, like, Eastern medicine and even Western medicine in terms of what you should eat and why that... <clears throat> I think diet is probably the most complicated topic. Like, I mean, out of so many different things that I've looked into, diet is one of the ones where I still have no idea like, Dude, about anything. I feel like the more you get into it, the more of a rabbit hole it turns into. Yeah, the more I feel like I have no idea what I'm talking yeah, about, the more I learn. I feel like every time I think I figured out a diet, I figure out something else about diet that I'm like, all right, well. There's just so many things, like how me. minerals like combine with each other. If you have too much of something and deplete something else, it's just endless. Like You really just have to be constantly experimenting. Cause, totally. And your body changes too, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. every 30 or so days, I like, I mean, a ton of your cells regenerate and... Yeah, it's just, it's a, some, it's a work in progress. Totally. Sure. I also think, like, it kind of is fun to do it that way. It's kind of interesting because it's a, I mean, there's never going to be one specific diet that is just perfect for you. No, or no. Or whatever, but I think it's cool to experiment with what makes you feel good and what doesn't. Yeah. And then having, like, awareness of what you're eating and awareness of how you feel when you eat something is really kind of like a catalyst for just your overall mental health yeah like being just aware of like how you feel once you put something in your body mm-hmm. and i think that's what what the the challenge of diet tries to kind of show is you kind of just got to experiment and figure out what works for you what doesn't work for you yeah definitely it's yeah it's a lifelong journey dude <laughs> dude literally a lifelong journey um but yeah so i was thinking today i was like 
you know what? I'm going to write some notes for this podcast. You get all philosophical and bring up something that is something we kind of talked about and something that mm-hmm. anyone who's friends with us or anybody who knows us kind of knows is somewhat part of our life. Um, and that is spiritual awakening. Yes, sir. Um, by chance, do you have any... Um, do you have any knowledge on that matter? Yeah, like uh, I, I don't know if I could give you like the definition of a spiritual awakening, but I know it's like an event where. Wait, well, you're asking me if I know what it is, or if I've had something like that. Oh, uh, I mean either. It's either, yeah. Like that if, um, I would say that a spiritual awakening is any event that forces you into that kind of different mindset where spirituality becomes important. Like, it's almost... Uh, not really, like, forced upon you, but almost like you're forced to open your eyes in a different perspective. Um, and, yeah, and, I mean, obviously, the most common uh, ways that that happens is through different psychedelic drugs or near-death experiences, as far totally. as I know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. I think that the way you kind of described it as, like, a an event is something that people who have actually had like powerful awakenings, like for me and for instance, um, my spiritual awakening came after like a, like it was like probably like four or five different, like huge life events. And then a, then a, um, a psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of set up to have a spiritual awakening without really even being dwelled in that, um, subject at all yeah um so like kind of what happened was so i got hit by that drunk driver mm-hmm. um i would i came out of a long-term relationship mm-hmm. and then covid okay had like kind of just hit and i got put in quarantine and then had a pretty powerful um lsd experience and hey. after that um i just kind of noticed like a change in my um psychological structure kind of like okay um noticed just how i was viewing my thoughts from a different perspective uh-huh um and kind of really what it was is i was like starting to just build awareness of my ego um, okay and obviously when it first happens you have no idea what's going on and you have this like instant like chaos mentality where you're just like oh my gosh like what's happening to me am i going crazy am i am mm-hmm. i going insane um especially if it's a powerful awakening like i had yeah um it can be like a really scary kind of life threatening thing especially if like you're a person like me who is not like into spirituality at all um never really had like a a foot in that door at all mm-hmm. other than like some other experiences with like the mormon church but that's like came nowhere close to like the abundance of having like a true spiritual awakening yeah and yeah i think what it really did is it kind of just it it's like you kind of start to see things in reality for how they really are without your identity towards things Mm-hmm. without the ego being like conflicted with what you're yeah, experiencing totally yeah it's like you are kind of you're able to acknowledge your ego 
as a part of you but not all of you right in a way so it's not like like how i kind of like described the ego is the little voice in your head that tells you like oh i should eat i should do this mm-hmm. this person's mean this person's nice the thoughts i'm right? i'm strong i'm weak mm-hmm. i'm depressed i'm happy yeah the voice that gives you like your life's narrative yeah literally like, just yeah. Your, your narrative um and when you go through a spiritual awakening it's like it's kind of like a, a snap and it's like you are finally like free In the now yeah kind of yeah it's mm-hmm. like it's uh it was i remember this i had this one like kind of transcendental experience after my awakening so after my like first onset of my awakening i went through this like stage of like pure bliss Mm -hmm. where i felt connected to everybody connected to everything um i felt like i was finally making like true human connections where i was able to finally connect with people and like like feel like kind of like unjudgmental love in a Mm -hmm. way where it wasn't like there was no ego structure holding me back from giving like endless love to people and receiving endless love from people. Mm -hmm. And then obviously once you, once that bliss stage is over, um, you're kind of conflicted with all of the external things you've been, or internal things that you've been kind of keeping down for a while. Um, All the unconscious stuff starts to become conscious because you're going deeper within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when it can get like, for a lot of people, it can get super scary. Um, and I went to a psychiatrist because I was really scared for my like mental health. I thought I was going insane. Mm-hmm. Went to a psychiatrist, um, went to another psychiatrist, started going to therapy. And I remember one night I just was scrolling through Twitter. Um, and then I saw something about spiritual awakening and I clicked on it someone t- tweeted something i just clicked on it i don't know why usually i wouldn't click on just stuff people post um link. and it was a link <laughs> and it brought me to this thing and it was like it kind of explaining like the steps of a spiritual awakening yeah. and it felt like it was just defining everything that was happening with me like Damn. word for word and then right after that i felt like i was back in like a psychedelic experience Damn. like you know that kind of like psychedelic vibe the I feel. Can, yeah, like the feel. I had that, like rush of that. And I was hanging out with my buddy Nick. And um, I was like, dude, you want to go for a walk? Because I was just like, I need to be outside right now. Like I've spent the last three days like fearing for my mental health, mm-hmm. living in complete suffering because I was scared of what was happening with me. And we're walking out there and we're on this walk and I'm just looking at just all the people that for some reason there everybody was outside this day everybody was doing something and this mm-hmm. was at like probably like eight or nine at night okay Every, yeah it's pretty late but yeah. i for some reason there's so many people in their garages and everything and i just feel like this unspoken connection to like myself and the universe hmm. and it was kind of gave me like the it kind of pointed me in that direction like here like you're not going crazy you're actually having the best experience of your life Damn. but yeah um okay that's kind of like my specific story with spiritual awakening but yeah i kind of just define it as you kind of detach from your ego um and i think it kind of divides your ego into like two parts of awareness 
where you're kind of looking at your thoughts instead of being attached to them and you're being sunk back into specific ego traps until you become conscious of what's happening with your ego or what's what's transpiring inside of your head and what's Mm -hmm. what your ego is like the kind of thought patterns you're putting yourself through yeah that's really interesting because that's i've i have heard i think it was alan watts saying that you become the observer in your own head and that is the same thing that i think we touched upon like last time about that noting or being present i mean i feel like all these things like kind of are all together in a way like they're all pretty related but how like once you become the observer and you can note different emotions or feelings uh, that just takes such a burden off of your life that you're just, you're like not on autopilot anymore. Like totally. letting your life just happen to you. Like life stops happening to you and you start experiencing what happens to you uh, like moment for moment, like moment by moment. That's presence. Say. It yeah. like throws you into presence. Yeah. Um, and when you kind of when alan watts is like i watched so many videos that he's talked about awakening uh-huh. and he's like the the universe is the observer and the product at the same time mm-hmm. so it's like you are the thing that you're observing mm-hmm. and the thing is also observing you yeah exactly so it's kind of like a double-sided mirror mm-hmm. and when I, saw, when I heard that it was like kind of like one of those thoughts where it's like whoa I have one of his shirts, and it says, I'm trying to think of the word, but he says the universe is the, oh, the universe is the aperture through which humans experience themselves. Like that. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Just the way that he puts (laughs) that shit. Every time I think about that, I'm like, Jesus. Dude, literally. Um, Totally. And I think really what the, what I've kind of figured out through this whole experience and it's not something I think I've discussed with too many people. Like, I discuss it with, like, my friends and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's not something that I've ever felt, like, super comfortable to really, like, open up about. But yeah. once I started to, like, it was, like, I was able to kind of experience more things for how they were yeah. than ever. Like, it was, it felt like I was able to have no judgment towards things. Right. and see life for how it was instead of like all the philosophies of all the the books and the podcast and mm-hmm. and the the youtube videos and all the things that i've read right and all like the the kind of i wouldn't say brainwashing but at some level maybe kind of like the i was able to see past the matrix okay yeah i guess you could say not really like saying like anybody who hasn't had a spiritual awakening is living a lie like i would say like i don't think it it delves that far um Mm -hmm. but i would say for sure like i was able to kind of have like a non-subjective opinion about things yeah i feel like you're kind of leading into exactly what we want to talk about with a spiritual ego that that's exactly it like once you start having a spiritual awakening or any spiritual um experiences through any breathing exercises yoga psychedelics anything like that that you kind of start realizing a lot of things for how yeah those changes like of awareness in your own head you kind of start telling yourself that you're kind of the shit now 
Dude, and literally. you're kind of above other people because they haven't had these experiences. But in a way, that's like the second level of how your ego starts to fuck with you in a way. Like you uh, are a unique being. And because of that, you are on top of these people that are also unique, but you aren't seeing them in that way. Yeah. Um. So like what I think the spiritual ego is, and I think that it's kind of a perfect term to describe the the phenomena of the aftermath of having an awakening yeah um is it's an ego trap yeah it actually you feel as if like because you have kind of separated yourself from your ego that the ego will not have a grip on you anymore yeah that you're done which is which is totally not the 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 truth i truly think like the whole your whole life unless you're like a prophet or like somebody who's like a buddha i mm-hmm. guess you could say like you're not born without an ego and your ego never truly dissolves and goes away i think it more integrates into a different position in your life but i don't think it ever goes away um but the spiritual ego is like a true ego trap and to kind of explain what an ego trap is um an ego trap is anything in which your ego takes hold or takes um takes hold of you without the conscious knowing of it so because i think a lot of people go through awakenings and i think because i mean you'll you'll you've seen it like especially in covid like how many people have turned spiritual because they've been stuck alone with their they're like almost forced into it in a way yeah they've (laughs) kind of they've been forced to kind of acknowledge something that's kind of always been there um yeah definitely and when that happens you'll just see people popping up like i'm spiritual this and that um i've seen a lot of people who like get into um like psychedelics and will talk down on people who are still in like the the quote-unquote matrix Mm -hmm. which i think if you've really delved into it and you've really seen real truth truth is unsubjective and truth is what's presence and i think Actually, I would like to say that I know that there's no there's no way that you cannot have an ego if you're still passing complete judgment on people who haven't had an awakening experience an awakening experience. Well, yeah, in a way you kind of have a bigger ego. I I don't I wouldn't say it's like a bigger ego, but I would say it's it's I would say it's a more intensified sector of the ego that you had before. Like your your ego's not as grippy on you and I do think it's not hard to fall out of a spiritual trap if you're kind of just aware or a spiritual ego if you're aware of like what it is. Right, but that's anything with the ego, right? So maybe like you feel like you got past that, but in a way that's just your ego like turning on you in that way or flipping the script exactly yeah that you're you're so past that that you don't even have an ego but your ego is telling you how cool you are and how ahead of everyone you are yeah so it's like totally i mean it it gets so complicated in that way yeah totally and i think the ego is like the battle that it's like the one battle you fight for the rest of your life every moment that you exist literally it's the thing that you fight at all times of the day um and I mean, when I first had my awakening, I had a huge spiritual ego, like, in so huge. Yeah. Like, it was to the point where I was, like, I didn't think I was better than anyone, but I for sure was, like, 
I know the truth. These people don't. They're all stupid. Mm-hmm. It was like they're far behind. These yeah. guys, these people are not seeing what's right in front of them. How can they be so stupid? Mm-hmm. In which I do think that there are things that, um, that you can just learn by awareness. Um, but I also like what that showed to me is actually what it did is that all that bliss and all that beautiful loving connection that I had when I first had my spiritual awakening where my ego is really taken and taken from me and sunken down. Yeah. It was, um, a feeling of like all that came back and it took me away from those like beautiful experiences because I was creating just different narratives than the ones I had before. And because they were different, I was like, oh, this is truth. Like, this is enlightenment, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which it's not. Like, you're right there. Yeah, I'm like, I'm right there. I'm about to be enlightened. Yeah, for good. Half of being spiritual for a month. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the trap. Yeah. And totally, I think, and it really what it does is I think it kind of just separates you from what's actually true. Because I think what I've kind of experienced, the only thing that's been true or that feels true is feeling and, like, loving awareness and appreciation for things. Yeah, I was actually... uh, I was just thinking about that, how one habit that is so good, you could either do this, like, physically on pen and paper, which I think is the best way, but at least thinking or acknowledging this is gratitude or being thankful like practicing gratitude I, th- I think journaling gratitude is so so important just like meditating like i i remember it was probably a year or two ago because i've been doing this every day since then probably i would say two years that your happiness your happiness increases automatically when you write down three to five things every day that you're thankful for um, I am thankful for waking up today. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my parents, and I'm thankful for my freedom. Are like some really like Just basic whatever. examples. Yeah, like like stuff that you normally wouldn't think of. Like how you can just go anywhere at any time. That you have freedom. That you have legs, or that you can see things. Like just these things that we take for granted that can be taken away from us at any time. Um, just being conscious of it for at least a few seconds every day, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's bound to improve your happiness and overall awareness. Yeah, I think gratitude is something I try to practice on a daily basis just because it's something that allows you to flip the... Even if you're not on... Even if, if it's not coming from a spiritual standpoint, mm-hmm. and it totally doesn't have to because, you know, everyone has their own way of existing. Yeah. Um, it can just become, it can come from an ego standpoint and it'll still make your ego, like, kinder. Yeah. You'll yeah, feel better no on a daily are. basis. Yeah, for sure. Um, You'll just, I think what it is is, like, the ego always is grasping or clawing to the next thing. Like, yeah. once you've triumphed or gotten past a specific thing. Mm-hmm. And so there is never time for gratitude unless you visually, like, or not visually, like you're aware and you acknowledge it yeah you have to acknowledge it first and then once you start acknowledging it then you start reaping the benefits of it Mm-hmm. and it's stuff that you just don't uh yeah that you have to be aware i feel like that's like the whole thing about what we're talking about today all the different topics but if you aren't aware like you are uh 
like you are experiencing the things that you are thankful for but if you never take the time to be thankful it is like it's just the effect isn't there yeah you never really acknowledge i think it's about being aware and then acknowledging yeah like seeing it and then like giving it the acknowledgement it deserves um whenever i'm meditating i always have this like thing where like you know thoughts will come and i'll let them pass when a thought comes of gratitude, I hold it there, I acknowledge it, and then I let it pass. Mm-hmm. I usually, like, hold that thought for a little longer than I would just the thought about, like, eating food or something. Yeah, you something know? random. Yeah. yeah. Um, I no, think it's good. I think it's super trend, like, transcendent for mental health is just to find things to be grateful for, too. For sure. Like, yeah. you can search every inch of your life and i bet you you can find a different thing every day to be grateful for that you weren't grateful for yesterday yeah totally no doubt and i also do think that if you i think it like if you have gone through a spiritual awakening or you feel as if you have gone through a spiritual awakening um and you feel kind of the way or kind of the description of a spiritual ego like if you kind if you just bring more gratitude into your life that spiritual ego will start to diminish and you'll get back down to the surface and i think you'll reap more benefits of having a spiritual awakening yeah and you'll you'll be able to kind of make more things uncon make more unconscious things conscious definitely yeah and i hope this doesn't like take us off topic too much but i feel like it kind of is related how uh, to be truly grateful, you have to go through hard stuff. And that can be like physical stuff, like through uh, exerting yourself through exercising, or if, like, in the way that we're talking about spiritually, that you go through a challenging moment in your life, like losing a loved one or a psychedelic trip that really makes you uncomfortable. When you come out of it, you're instantly more grateful for the experience that you're having, that that's done. It's like how. Uh, yeah, like physically, if you, uh, let's say you run like five miles, you're really, really tired. The water that you have after is going to make you feel so grateful that you get to drink water. And if you're just laying around your house watching Netflix all day, you kind of don't even realize that you get to drink water. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a huge thing. I think is adversity is needed to be thankful. Totally. Because if not, you're just so comfortable that you don't even realize what you have. So constantly being challenged, I think, is a good thing, like mentally, physically, and spiritually. Totally. And I uh, there's a stage in spiritual awakening um, that kind of explains, like, the challenge of having a spiritual awakening. Um, it's called the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, dark night of the soul is, for anybody who's never heard of it, it is a healing process in which you are forced to face the darkness in your life and the darkness that you've experienced and the trauma and all those things that have really held you back down and kept you in a kept you in the little box you put yourself in okay and um so specifically like my dark night of the soul was the last i would say it lasted probably like mm, like nine months mm-hmm. so i had my spiritual awakening and then i went through like a bliss stage and then nine months worth of constant like anxiety 
um, constant questioning, fear mm-hmm. of going crazy, um, just all those things that uh, I always was insecure about with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, they all came up. They all, uh, they all were kind of I wouldn't say attacking me, but they were all like being pushed right in front of my face to acknowledge for once. Yeah. And because I had this in in heightened like level of awareness, I was forced to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and kind of figure out who I was before I put all these labels on myself. Um, and what it did is it taught me gratitude. It Mm -hmm. showed me how to accept things I cannot control and to be grateful for what I do have instead of always inching towards what I want to be or what, what I think I should be, what, what, you know, all those things, all those things that you don't have right in front of you. Right. And what it does is it brings you back to presence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just accepting yeah totally. it's like a max holloway's quote it is what it is it is what it is i think that's a i, I mean although that's like a meme i think that's one of the best quotes because you can't oh, for sure yeah sometimes it is what it is you can't change I mean, it, it is dude it really is it really it is. is what it is <laughs> yeah dude, i have a patch of that on my backpack that i take hiking i feel like it's the perfect quote it's the best it is what it is. yeah man it's um like there's a another quote now that i said that that I forgot who said this, but that you suffer much more in your mind than you do in reality. Totally. And I love that. Whenever I feel like I'm stressed out or think any negative emotion, like upsetting or an anxious thought, and I realize that everyone around me is totally fine, like everything is okay, then I realize. I, I always come back to that quote. And I feel like it's really helped ever since I heard that, like just thinking nothing is actually happening. Like, at all. It's just all in my head, so... You live uh, through it twice. I yeah. think that's another... I don't know who that quote is from, but I think the quote that when you worry about something or you force yourself into suffering over something, you mm-hmm. live through the experience twice right. when you don't oh, have like, to. Especially, like, if you're saying, like, if you fear something from happening. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, like if you have, like, the thought that things are bad mm-hmm. or, like, your life sucks mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and in reality, like, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, you you, you put yourself through that uh, twice if it were to actually happen. Right. That's a big one, too, right? I don't know if um, you've had much experience with this, but it's a tough one. Like, how... Because I feel like everyone is scared of someone around them, like, dying. And the anxiety of that, especially, some, like, now during COVID, that a lot of people, unfortunately, had to experience that. Yeah. Is how do you not let that consume you because it's going to happen to all of us sadly so how do you prepare yourself if you can for something like that i um you know i think death is one of those things that you really have to prepare for um and not prepare for like, oh, I need to practice dying. <laughs> That's just not how it works. But more like accept. And yeah. it's like a it's a level of acceptance that you truly have to like work towards. Oh yeah. I think I think for me, like I had I do I totally had a fear of dying before 
any spiritual experiences I've had. Mm-hmm. I had a fear that like when I die, like my it's gonna be like my eyes are just gonna turn black and I'm gonna be conscious mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna be stuck there forever, eternity, and that's what's gonna be. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I, I've had a personal realization and revelation that that's not it. Um, but I think what it is, it it comes through living present and um just preparing i mean i think meditation's a an amazing tool for death they i mean there's a buddhist saying that preparation or meditation is preparation for death oh yeah i've heard that. it's a karmic thing mm-hmm. um but i totally think it is the more you can um not get attached to the feeling mm-hmm. the better you can like work through what do I mean the, the feeling of being alive what no the feeling of um like people dying around you oh okay or like the feeling or the fear i okay, guess you would yeah, say of like people dying around you crazy hard to not be <laughs> attached to but yeah like one uh i don't know if like you're much into like a stoic kind of philosophies but they have something called i think it's in marcus aurelius uh like meditations book that he there's this term in latin called memento mori that you uh pretty much like the main thing that i remember of it is whenever you're around someone that you love um like an actual loved one or even an animal a pet to remind yourself that you're with them that this is a uh a being that is not permanent and will die and to remind yourself that pretty often and i think that's like that's an approach to take that i feel like can have some success to just always be aware of that potentially happening but i feel like there could also be an issue with you kind of overdoing it and then you lose the presence that you're talking about you get too stuck in the thought exactly like if you always think that then you're kind of like not even enjoying the actual moment itself totally so there has to be a balance because i feel like there is some use in that as well but well it's like anything it is balance right like you need to know how to balance all these practices out um in a way, too, like with spirituality, you, there is such a thing, I think, in being overly into a spiritual life in the way that we are living in a different society than with all of, like the Buddhist texts were written. Like life isn't the same that you can just meditate for hours and hours a day. Typically, we all have jobs and stuff. So it's like, how can you adapt these teachings to a modern life is, totally. I feel like, a, a pretty big challenge. I, I think that that's been like one of those things where like you try to find like peace or you try to find serenity um but obviously life has its catching up to do with you yeah and life doesn't especially in a western life Mm -hmm. that isn't always the 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 thing you can do right um but what i've really like come to notice is like the more time you put towards yourself or just like the more time you allow yourself to do those practices, mm-hmm. um, just usually your quality of life is better. Oh, and yeah. also, when you're around people, don't get like, don't overthink and think, oh, I'm spiritual. These people aren't spiritual. I can't connect with them. Yeah, you know? like I'm a different thing now. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. I think that's that's where the spiritual trap comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and just understand that even when you're working and. For me, even when I'm serving people coffee, like, I look at those people and, like, they're 
experiencing and existing in the same way on the same field that I am. Right. Get overly spiritual and hand them their coffee and be like, yeah. I fucking love you, dude. <laughs> I hand it to them and I give them a big hug. Yeah. I give them a, I give them, um, a crystal and then a hand. I send <laughs> crystal and be like, yeah, and a piece of sage. Yeah, this was meant to be. Marked. I sage their car. I sage their coffee before I give it to them. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, I think it, what it is is it. Well, I think um, Ramdas kind of puts it in a good perspective. Um, he said it's not. Well, he was talking in his book, um, "Be Here Now." Uh-huh. I love that book. But in his book, "Be Here Now," he talks about how it's not. Spirituality isn't found in a cave in the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. It's not found in um, in an ayahuasca circle. Uh-huh. It's in relation to everything that you encounter. Right. And so I think what it is is it's always trying to keep a keep that loving awareness perspective with what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, right, because you can't just be spiritual during a 20-minute meditation and then just mindlessly live the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the biggest thing with meditation is how is it going to apply to your life? Like, exactly. it's not just a hobby that you do, like, painting, and then you're done and you put it away. Like, this should carry on, eventually, at least. It's hard at first, but... It's a fluid movement right. of thought. Like, it's... I think what it is, it's like a... I think it's... I think you go to the gym to train your muscles and then yeah. you meditate to train your brain 100%. like it's it's a way of rewiring your perspective on life yeah um bringing yourself down to a level of awareness and overall just f- finding your flow better with your existence here yeah like and on a biological level when they do mri scans on expert meditators they don't experience emotions as intensely as non-meditators do they have more gray matter in their brain which protects them against uh, dementia alzheimer's a bunch of mental illness so it's exactly that like when you lift weights your bones get denser your muscles get bigger so you kind of have armor on your body this is the same thing for your brain like you literally have armor now to protect you against any bad situation that you can come across. like a traumatic experience for an expert meditator isn't the same as someone that has never meditated yeah totally also it it allows you to address things and keep like on a spiritual level it allows you to like lessen the amount of resistance you have with the universe yeah to just accept good or bad yeah just to flow with things and i mean i always kind of philosophize my life as a battle between light and dark yin and yang and i think that's kind of where the philosophy comes from the yin and yang philosophy is that it is it is finding some sort of balance within the things that happen um, to you and through you. Right. He, uh, well, now that you've mentioned Ram Dass a little bit ago, he have you ever watched his little documentary that they put on Netflix of him dying? I love that documentary. Dude, he, his face the whole time, everything Smile. is going on. I just can't believe someone would be like that. Like, Yeah, he, so during the whole documentary, I don't know, it's like 30 to 60 minutes long, I think. He is in Hawaii living his last few months, I think, or his last yeah. year of life. And this guy has a smile on his face the whole time. And he's, like, making the people that are taking care of him feel happy 
about every every single thing that they're doing dude it's just so crazy like the just the the energy if you can say that without being called a hippie the the energy no, like, the energy it's true out. okay <laughs> in a way no for him it is like i don't know what else you would call it because he's uh his energy field is um like on a different imagine. level yeah, people was this guy um some other spiritual i think he's a youtuber he uh interviewed ramdas and he was saying pretty much that that the whole time he had a smile on his face when he was talking to him it'd be good for everyone to have the goal of being like that huh i think so i think it what he well he has a in that documentary he says that all he is is loving awareness yeah and that that quote is something i mean i use every day i try to try to use that as like a method for my life and you know for the longest time like for the last like couple months and like even like when i was kind of first getting like into the deep parts of spirituality yeah. i was like dude i'm gonna be enlightened <laughs> and i had that like mentality <laughs> for so long but then i just knew that like wanting to be or having the goal to be enlightened was just in another ego yeah another ego structure mm-hmm. yeah because there is no end goal i don't this. think so because it's it's constantly evolving given your uh, like you're just your biological makeup what's going on in society around you so many things you have to constantly evolve and be adapting to to it like you're not you don't just get somewhere and you say all right i'm good Totally. Which is what I feel like everyone wants to think that that this is gonna get easier, but you just have to learn how to be able to adapt to life. Like I, I don't think it ever gets easier. If if anything, it just gets more complicated. I think if you don't know how to manage it. So I totally think that, and yeah. I think that there's always like a if you don't like kind of try to. Well, here's the thing: is like you'll meet a lot of people, and they'll label themselves and say, "I'm depressed." And, you know, I think to a certain extent that that can be true. It totally can. Yeah. Um, but then I'll uh, always be like, well, I want you to question yourself. Like, are you depressed? Or are you living in a way that just is not true to yourself? Yeah. Are you, not a- are you just not aware of everything around you? Because I think what it is is people go through things in their life. And I think we've all been through our handful of traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. and what that does is it just takes a toll on your psyche and it creates more egoic structures for you to follow to like protect you yeah and i think that's where the ego comes into play in a a good way is that the ego is there to protect you Mm -hmm. um your ego is your protection system um and one of the tools i've been using when i get like a thought that takes me away from present moment is i thank my ego i literally in my mind i say thank you but i'd like to focus on the present moment and then what that does is it acknowledges the ego and it puts a positive tone to the ego and then it lets it pass that's good dude i think it's a i think it's a tool that if anyone's kind of having like a an anxious time or you're just filled with thoughts and your mind is always racing. I want you to like really just breathe. Try to become aware of the other senses that aren't your brain because there's so much more to you than your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let your thoughts 
or at least try to let your thoughts pass and thank thank your ego for trying to protect you but at this point in your existence and at this point in your development you don't need it all it does is cause suffering yeah that's why i feel i'm such a big fan i feel like i'm gonna name headspace like almost every time we do this but those little clips i don't know if they have them on netflix or just on their app the noting clip i feel like everyone should watch that like once a month or something it's uh, probably like a two or three minute clip and it talks about like this the thing we're talking about right now and probably the last episode. How do you know that you're just experiencing an emotion or a feeling or a thought and that that's all it is? It's Nothing's happening to you. It's just something that's going on in your own head. You acknowledge it and then it's just a thought and then you move on. Like having that ability is, uh, there's probably nothing more important than that for your mental well-being. Totally. Which ties into presence and pretty much everything we've talked about. I think but. noting is like really been a, one of the most massive catalysts for my life. I, I agree 100%. Like just not getting attached to things or not allowing yourself to get attached with any narrative or role yeah. is important. I mean, I may have mentioned it last podcast, but you we do get attached to roles on like a mental standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it really can like change the way you perceive reality i in the eckhart i did i might have mentioned this last yeah podcast. yeah th- i don't know if i did but i'll, I'll mention again because it might have a different set of listeners um in his book uh the power of now no yeah. not the power of now a new earth sorry oh, okay he has um a quote that says every time you go into a, a gas station to buy something there's four separate roles being played out. Uh-huh. There's the role of who you think you are as a customer and who you think the employee is as a worker. And then there's the role of who the employee thinks you are as a customer and who the employee thinks they are as a worker. Yeah. And none of those roles are true to what you are yeah. because none of them have anything but materialistic um, things to abide by. Right. I remember one time, this is kind of related to that, that like how many versions of you exist in the universe or or pretty much like in let's say currently like every single person you meet and have an interaction with like of course you're the same person but since you both build like build up different conversations and and just the energies that you exchange are different that in a way there's an infinite amount of versions of you because you are different with everyone in a way like not fake you know how people act totally different but i mean you're just uh there's like different variations of you and which one is the real one totally and i think um jim carrey there's an amazing video on youtube that jim carrey has and he says you know jim carrey was an amazing role i got to play for such a long time and it brought me a lot of good things in life but it wasn't who i am (laughs) and you know jim carrey jim carrey went through this like this whole episode where people were like really worried about his mental health and he was having these like random like universal outburst mm-hmm. about things on uh on like the red carpet and and stuff and <laughs> he was like i remember there's one thing where he's on the red carpet and this is really i think what he was going through was the dark night of the soul and he's like talking he's like He's like, so who do you hope to win? And he's like, I don't know. None of it matters. You don't matter. I don't matter. Oh, I saw This is all stupid. And he's like, (laughs) 
And, you know, a lot of people take that as he was being a dick, but the way I looked at it is he was like, that's a fact. Like, none of this whole experience that we try to categorize and label has a label. Dude, because what it is is it's it's just a, a fluid movement of energy. Mm-hmm. We're all on, we're all just on our way home. Right. Yeah, he might be like the first like true A list celebrity to go through that, especially publicly. I think. Like, I feel like they didn't even know how to respond to him. Dude, literally, like, they no he, idea what to do with him. Got labeled crazy. Yeah. People thought he went like schizo. Yeah, I know. Um, this was like a year or two ago, right? Yeah. Somewhere around there. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and then you started seeing more people pop up and do it, too. Right. It, like, you'll see, like, um, there's more... I What I've noticed is, like, there's bands that are getting recognized for stuff like that. Like, Tosh Sultana, she's a, she's a guitarist and a, a singer, and she makes, like, psychedelic music. Uh-huh. And she got a lot of pop... She's been getting a lot of popularity. Uh, the band Tool, mm-hmm. for some reason, I never heard of them until, like months ago everyone was posting them on their story and they're like a psychedelic band and they have they talk about like all their stuff is like kind of like a rock metal version of talking about like the ego and stuff like that um but like it's kind of funny is because like you know even this conversation we're having like we're still some in some matter like unconsciously we're putting some sort of label on things you know well yeah and it's it just shows that how much it does, like, even in the unconscious, holds us back from what I consider to be one of the, the things that is truth in life. Yeah, I mean, we, we even doing this right now, like, we decided that people are going to listen to this and we have something to say to the point where, I mean, it is an egotistical thing to a certain extent. Yeah, like, in some, has in some be, manner. I mean, you have to have an ego to succeed in a way, though. Like, there's... It's, it's also a part of life. Like, you can't... Uh, yeah, how are you going to excel if there's no ego pushing you? If not, you'd just be like, oh, I'm good. Totally. Every, everything's love. Anyways, why why get up today? Totally. If there is no ego, which... Mm, yeah. There's a balance that needs to be there. I think it comes from more of a material standpoint when you're speaking of that. No, but what about a necessity of eating and being able to buy or shelter? Uh, would you think like okay, so like when you're on a mushroom trip, do you? I mean, actually, you probably don't. But um, do you think about when you're hungry, or do you eat whenever you're on like a trip? I have, but yeah. I mean, yeah. But do you consciously like make that decision? And I think your ego's completely diminished at that point. Well, but it also depends like how deep you are, right? Because if you're exactly. just kind of yeah. But wait, so are you saying like if you have your well, because you can't have your ego totally in control unless you are enlightened. So let's say you're pretty far along your spiritual path, you still have some sort of an ego that makes you kind of try to succeed and be better than you were yesterday. Totally. And if that's totally like diminished, and you are enlightened. What would make you want to do things? I think it's... Well, I've always categorized, like, there's... I I like to not force myself into willpower, but more do things through awareness. So, like, when I get up in the morning, I don't do it through willpower. Like, I need to get up, and I need to go feed my dog, and I need to go do this. 
I do it more like I get up and what I try to do is it's more trying to flow with the things I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then I, where you come in is where I think that you kind of take the truth in this is that your ego does bring things to the surface for you to acknowledge. Like yeah. I do need to feed my dog, mm-hmm. but it's not, I don't, do you, do you think it comes like when you do things like, do you think it comes more from willpower or awareness of, of your thought? I think it's both, but, like, I would add in another word and say also discipline with certain things that need to be done. Like, a lot of, like, tedious things with my job, for example, is, uh, like, writing out programs. I actually enjoy it now, but it, it takes a while to decide why am I giving this person this exercise as opposed to this one with this load for this amount of reps and sets, like, for a specific amount of volume or whatever that... Um, yeah, like, hmm, how would I put it? Um, that without the, like, discipline being a part of it, it would be easy to kind of just disregard and just say, like, you could just do it later and totally. put it off. So, in a way, I feel like discipline applies a lot um, in that way that it's just, I don't think what I have to do, like, I, I just have to do it. Like, th- there's no possibility like for training or eating my meals and stuff it's not like if i'm gonna do it like i am doing it yeah it's like when yeah exactly there's no question yeah totally i don't know really know like how that would apply though because do you you think think that could be like in terms of you because that is an egotistical thing right i don't say egotistical it's just an ego that the ego ego controlling yeah it's an ego egoic structure that you've created yeah, because that's the way I think I look at it. Like, the way I look at it is, I don't think that... Wait, would you say, like, a dog has an ego? Because I think you I think still, it's more instinctual. Exactly, that's what I think. Because I think that even if you weren't to have an ego, you would still have instinct. Yes. But I think in a social guideline, social guidelines and social egoic structures create more within other people. Right. So, like, you do things, I mean, you go to work because you know that you have to function in a society and you have to have a job and you have to make money and you have to have a house. Yeah. But I also look at it this way. The homeless person who may think completely otherwise has probably broken down that social structure. And so, therefore, like, I don't think there's any truth in social structures or egoic structure in general. I think what it is is it's more like, on a material standpoint, yeah, you could explain it for days and you could explain it for hours. But mm-hmm. I think when it comes to, like, a, like if you didn't have an ego, I don't think... I think if you didn't have an ego, all your social structures would be broken and you wouldn't... You, nothing would... You would still instinctively go get... Like, try to get so, somehow to eat food. Mm-hmm um water or like hydrate and sleep yeah it would be like the base of like maslow's hierarchy of needs pretty much without an ego yeah yeah it's like a dog like whenever i look at my dog and what he does i sometimes like this is so random but anything that he does i'm like i wonder why he chose to do that dude seriously in a lot of way i think it's just because i don't think dogs think the way we do because to think you need language to be there 
If not, there's no meaning attached to anything. So I think most of the time dogs are just reacting. Totally. I think it is is cause and effect. Yeah, like there's a noise, there is a sensation that they experience, and they react to that and then wait to the next thing to happen for them to react again. Have you, like, when, like, Crone was uh, a puppy to now, Mm -hmm. could you notice kind of, like, the development of that? Like, when, I mean, I've only had my dog for, like, two months, Uh but when I first got her, it was, like, so much less reactive to things than now, but I think because, like, she, I do think there's a specific level of intelligence there where they know, like, if I do this, I will get this. Oh, yeah. If I do this, like, and I don't think it has to do with, like, any, I mean, I know it doesn't have to do with any word or, um, phrase that they attach to, but more of like a a feeling they have mm-hmm. attached to things like the dog doesn't know a treat is called a treat the no. dog knows that it's that good <laughs> dude literally <laughs> know that shit fucking smacks that shit slaps bro <laughs> and i cbd treat dude yeah is your dog do you give your dog cbd treats oh yeah all the time yeah i've never really? i haven't thought about it but I'm yeah thinking, she's pretty crazy abuse. so it's just, nah, pretty crazy bro, my so. dog likes it but in a way like he gets crazier with the cbd sometimes like a kid like work <laughs> against him or yeah i don't know dude he's, he's just a high awesome. high strong what kind of dog is he a crazy one <laughs> he has a i don't know dude he's like a lab husky mix supposedly but he's the only dog that when he got neutered he got more energy ever uh, yeah because you know like how they say like dogs get depressive because like they don't have as much testosterone or whatever yeah. and i still think it's kind of cruel that you have to do that but i get it and get on a social structure standpoint <laughs> yeah i get it. i have to function in this thing but he got more energetic somehow and i don't even know how that's possible because of like the hormones and stuff but hey totally. he's there he's all there i'm excited for the day that my dog <laughs> Get spayed so she can chill out a little bit. Yeah. Is it the same for, for female? Well, is the difference not as big for female dogs that they, like, their energy levels and stuff? I mean, female dogs, as they get older, they just kind of chill out a little better. Um, yeah. They don't have testosterone, so they don't have as much energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for sure when they get spayed, they chill out a little more because they're also not like, like my dog. Dude, okay, this is pretty funny. So my older dog that lives in the house, her name's Lacey. She's yeah. like ten. Yeah. And when they, her and Zelda play, mm-hmm. she humps Zelda in the face. <laughs> what? Dude. And okay. Zelda caught on to it. Zelda okay. was like, "All right, dude. You know what? You may be bigger than me, stronger than me, whatever, dude." Goes and grabs her little lion toy, starts humping that thing in the face. Damn. So I'm hoping once she gets spayed that action stops because i don't want to be at the dog park and then zelda just grabs hold of a little baby chihuahua and just starts humping it, it in the face yeah. <laughs> it just goes ham hey, dude uh but yeah um how the fuck did we get to that i don't know dude <laughs> i was kind of just like this whole conversation i've been kind of just like flowing with it yeah like when we brought up like the awareness thing i just like for some reason in my mind like i went straight back to like as a meditative state uh-huh. And I like started like just like starting focusing on my breathing and like allowing thoughts to pass. <laughs> um, maybe it wasn't the perfect time to do it, but I felt good. I was flowing with it. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, I'm about to piss myself. Hell yeah. If you got this far into the podcast, um, I want to thank you. Uh, We will be doing a podcast every Thursday from now on. So make sure you tune into those. Share with your friends. Tell them that the Even-Handed Podcast is back and better than ever. If they don't know what it is, that's okay. We would love to have them. Tell them. Let them know that we're the Even-Handed Podcast. And, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I appreciate everyone listening. Definitely let us know if you want us to talk about like a certain topic or honestly any suggestion at all. But, totally. Yeah, I appreciate to everyone listening anything. as well. Thank you. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.